Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex. I am Dave Bryan of SteedersDepot.com, and obviously I'm doing the opening today, and that means Alex Kazora is not with me. Alex has uh, made his annual trek down to Mobile, Alabama uh, for the 2023 Senior Bowl, which is getting underway this week. Uh, actually, I think today uh, all of the uh, activities uh, begin down there. He'll be down there uh, all week. Uh, and and we'll be flying back, I think, uh, right before the game uh, gets underway next weekend. Uh, he is down there with uh, Jonathan Hightritter, uh, Tyler Wise, and Ross McCorkle. So we have four people down in Mobile covering the Shrine Bowl, I mean, the Senior Bowl this week. And while that's going on, it, and uh, we have, uh, have had five people out here in Las Vegas covering the Shrine Bowl. So we hope you're enjoying, uh, you know, the coverage that we're getting uh, out of those people. And that will obviously continue on through the early portion of this week as well, too. So with everybody out of town, it's that time again to welcome back to the show. He usually makes about, I don't know, two, three, four appearances a year, I think, on the Terrible Podcast. He's been with me a long, long time. I'm, of course, talking about Tom Mead and uh you can follow Tom on Twitter. Let's see, it's at TH Mead3. And I uh, hope you're doing so. If you've uh, listened to the podcast for a long time, you've heard Tom on with me, usually around draft time, uh on, on top of it. So uh with, with 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 you know without further ado, Tom, welcome back to the terrible podcast. How are you? Good, Brother Dave. Thanks. Happy to be back. Uh, I want to give a shout out to everybody at the uh, East West Shrine game right now. Their coverage has been fantastic and all the information they're sending back to us is extremely helpful. Uh, So kudos to them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and look, I'm so blessed now we've got the sites. The sites come a long way since you've uh, come along, c- come on here, Tom. And uh, Tom has been with me. I don't know, Tom, you've been with me, what, about eight years, I think, something like that, seven, eight years. I think it's yeah, probably close to like five, I think. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, it, it does feel like you've been uh, been with us for a long time here. Uh, I found Tom actually on Twitter, and uh, Tom was one of those. He went through uh, the Scouting Academy and all. He's obviously a Steelers fan, and Tom was, Tom was one of those guys that, you know, he would just post his work on Twitter, uh, go about his business, and and you know, uh, showed his work along the way. You could tell that uh, Tom uh, ha- has has you know some good experience over the years at uh, you know pre-scouting players ahead of you know like the draft and obviously during Senior Bowl and Shrine Bowl time. So a lot about what we're going to talk today is about players that Tom has already kind of pre-scouted ahead of the uh, Shrine Bowl and Senior Bowl taking place. Uh, and, you know, we probably, I don't know, we'll probably talk about 10 or so players there. But before we do, Tom, the uh, uh, conference championship games wrapped up on Sunday. Uh, we have now uh, are preparing for the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs to square off in the Super Bowl a couple weeks from now. Uh, 
First game was obviously a, a, a bit of the bit of a dud, if you will. Uh, mostly, I think you know you you could chalk it up to injuries, specifically at the quarterback position, penalties for the uh, 49ers, and you know some uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess a little bit of uh, more in that would be the way the Eagles were able to run the ball, especially to the weak side of the formation there uh, throughout the game. So uh, then the nightcap was obviously a much closer game, much more exciting game with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, overcoming, breaking the tie with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals there late, late, late in the game uh, to move on to the Super Bowl. So uh, let's start first with kind of your general reaction, Tom, to uh, to the Eagles game against the uh, 49ers there. Uh, disappointment is the first word that comes to mind because I think if you know San Francisco could have stayed healthy, it would have been a little bit closer. Um, but you got to give credit to Philadelphia. They've been dominant on both sides of the ball pretty much most of the year, and, and that was clearly evident. They were able to run the ball at will. Um, their defense dominated, uh, you know, especially with, with San Francisco only being able to run the ball for half the game. Um, I was really hoping for McCaffrey to just give let them let him have the ball. Let's see what the, he could do at quarterback. But, uh, you know, I mean, the – there was issues that, yeah, the penalties were huge. There's, uh, you know, the refereeing was, there was questionable calls in both games. Um, you know, you expect the best out of the best from everybody this weekend. And it, unfortunately, that's not what we got in the first game. Right. Yeah, most definitely. And boy, those string of penalties there on that one drive there about, I forget exactly what part of the game that was, but uh, uh, those really took the toll and, you know, three, I think, uh, defensive penalties within that. Uh, and once they had lost, you know, really essentially both of their quarterbacks, even though Brock, Brock Purdy came back in, uh, you knew, everybody knew at that point that they weren't going to do much more than some screen game uh, stuff on that. And, you know, the, the, the Eagles were just a, you know, able to, to wear them down, especially with that offense of theirs and, you know, the way that they were able to run the football there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. The best way to describe that game was really disappointing because it makes you kind of wonder how, how much more of a game that would have been had, had, you know, Brock Purdy not got hurt uh, early on there and, you know, been able to throw the football down the field a bit. Uh, all right, uh, the nightcap, man, uh, uh, bad ankle and all. And, you know, Kelsey, uh, Travis Kelsey came into this game with, with you know, busted up back, it seemed like. And all that aside, uh, those two looked like they looked like they were absolutely fine. They got some uh, uh, good running out of uh, Isaiah Pacheco, who just about this time last year was was uh, out in Las Vegas, per, you know, participating in the East West Shrine game. He looked absolutely fantastic. Uh, uh, you know, the Bengals overcame a lot of their own mistakes. They turned into football over uh, for the most part. And they, you know, there was a there was a point in in that I don't know early fourth quarter, late third quarter, right around in there, especially on into later portions of the game where it looked like the worm was turning a little bit. It looked like really that the uh, the Bengals might win this game. So, what what are some of your takeaways from that uh, late game? Uh, with with Kansas City, it's perseverance. Like you said, uh, Mahomes had the ankle issue. Uh, Kelsey had the back issue. They were down to their last two or three receivers at the end of the game. Um, they did enough and give credit to that defensive line because there was pressure on Burrow. You know, every time he dropped back, uh, Chris Jones up the middle, it just played phenomenally. And uh, on the offensive side, Pacheco running the ball. 
uh, you know, our, our team out there last year, uh, Dr. Mel, I think was all over him yeah. and Josh was all over him. And that dude, uh, runs angry and it's fun to watch. He's hard to tackle. Um, but it, it, I'm hoping they can get healthy, get the receivers back. I hope both teams can be healthy for the Super Bowl at least. So, you know, we can have full squads going in. Yeah, and that's I guess the good part about there being now two week uh, lag here because I I think I think I read a tweet late last night that Juju Smith Schuster could barely walk and uh you know I think like you said they got a couple of receivers banged up in it but that Pacheco man for a small back you know uh, a small size you're right he he does uh, run angry and 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 is pretty decent in short yardage and obviously can catch the football out of the backfield and uh, make people miss and you know I, he gives a lot of effort in 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 pass protection as well too there so uh, uh, early thoughts on the Super Bowl uh, right now um, I'm thinking it's going to be uh, I like the Eagles I mean they've been the the best team overall the entire season. Uh, I think on both sides of the ball, uh, they can make plays for you to win games. And, you know, if, if they can control the ball, control the clock by running it like they have been and limit the chances the Chiefs have, I think uh, the Eagles are, are going to come out on top. Yeah, I think I haven't I haven't made up my mind. I, I, I thought about it last night thinking which way I'm, I'm, I'm kind of leaning here and uh, the Chiefs have the, you know, obviously have you know a little bit of experience being in that big game before. Uh, but you know, when you look at both sides of the football, man, both uh, both these teams, uh, the Chiefs and the Eagles, uh, number one and number three, and adjusted net yards for passing attempt uh, differential stat there. So uh, uh, what a surprise, know, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I keep going back to that stat, man. <laughs> man, they. Uh, uh, it, 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 you know, proven year in and year out for the most part. And to have the top, you know, two of the top three teams, you know, playing in the Super Bowl, they're usually you get them, you know, somewhere within, you know, I think generally in the top five or top seven out of there. But uh, a big win for that stat when it comes to this year's Super Bowl. And, you know, I think we, I, I think we're set for a pretty good game as long as, you know, as you mentioned, Kansas City can get healthy there, especially with their, uh, uh, with their wide receivers there. Okay. Don't want to spend too much time uh, on, on what, uh, you know, took place this weekend in the NFL. Obviously, we have you on uh, this time of year to talk about, you know, some, some uh, player prospects and, you know, getting this draft season started. I know you've climbed into, you know, probably a lot more tape than I have at this point. I'm still trying to scratch the surface on some of these top guys and then, you know, into some of these second and third round guys. And, you know, you've only got a uh, group of, I think, uh, what was it, 68 or 69 uh, players that are declaring uh, as underclassmen, that number's way down this year. I think these kids are finally learning their lesson that, you know, they used to have numbers around, I don't know, 110, 120 of these underclassmen, and a lot of them would go uh, undrafted, and, you know, probably a, a handful of those obviously wouldn't even get uh, uh, signed, you know, two undrafted contracts there. So I think they're getting educated over the time that uh, unless they're pretty pretty secure with the fact that they might get drafted in the first three rounds that they better just stay in school. So we've seen that list really take a hit uh, this past year. I think last year, I don't know, it was like 81 or 89 or something. And once again, I think it's decreased down to uh, 68 or 69 uh, this year. But uh, uh, you've already got a few profiles up on the, on the site, uh, Tom. So let's start uh, with uh, rolling, you know, down through those and you giving us a 
kind of the four one one on each and how they fit with this potentially fit uh, would fit with the Steelers. Yeah, funny enough, uh, two of the three profiles I've done so far are for underclassmen. So, oh, okay. Uh, I've, I, I've jumped into the that pool already. Um, the first guy I looked at was uh, Drew Sanders, an inside linebacker from Arkansas. He played his first two years at Alabama and was an edge rusher. Um, he transferred to Arkansas, and Arkansas runs pretty much like a almost like a three-two-six most of the time. So they only have three defensive linemen and two linebackers on the field. So he got moved to the middle. So this was his first year playing inside. Um, you know, he put up good numbers uh, over the course of the year. I think he had he had over a hundred tackles. Uh, he had nine and a half sacks, five pass breakups, um, and uh, you know he's got. Great size. He's listed at 6'5", 233, and he looks every bit of that size. Uh, very athletic. He's got range from sideline to sideline. He chases the ball everywhere, uh, even downfield. Um, uh, he played off the ball this year, but he has experience on the edge, which I think uh, defensive coordinators are going to love, that they can use him on, on sub packages and, and use him as a pass rusher. He showed a good uh, – uh, pass rush plan using a bunch of different moves with uh, spins and swims and uh, long arms. So um, there's definitely something to work with there. Uh, he's a very good tackler. Uh, he uses his length well. He, you know, he's got the speed to chase down guys and uses his length to take down runners. Um, he's got experience in zone coverage, uh, but he doesn't. He didn't do a lot of man coverage. Uh, but I think uh, with his athleticism, he can cover like tight ends and running backs uh, on the regular. Um, you know, obviously, it's going to take some time because he's still learning the position. But uh, he, he looked uh, I was really impressed with him. And he's got room to add some bulk to him, to his frame, too. Um, you know, he, this is the type of linebacker I've been trying to get to Pittsburgh for the last couple of years. Uh, last year it was Quay Walker. The year before that, it was. Uh, Jam and Davis, uh, both who are first-round picks, both are long, lean uh, linebackers who really only had one year of experience. But I'm trying to get that long, uh, you know, athletic inside linebacker that can play three downs. And you know, I, I don't know, seventeen might be on the edge of too high for this guy. Uh, maybe thirty-two might be better, but. Um, I really like what I saw out of this kid. Boy, six foot five. That would be quite the uh, quite a difference for what Steelers normally draft at the at the inside line. You look at the uh, the the annual Alex Kazora, what they look for uh, list uh, that he puts up every year of 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 of, of measurables for the different positions, and uh, usually those guys coming around what six one. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, and, and I think it's hard. You'd be hard pressed to find any at six, two. So, so what, what was, what was it most that uh, about Sanders that when you jumped in doing profiles this year that you said, man, that, that, that's a guy that I want to be the first one that, that I jump on here. Uh, it's, you know, it's the, uh, it's that, that size and athleticism combination. I mean, six, five, you're usually, that's, you know, it's, uh, a TJ Watt on the edge. That's, that's where those guys usually end up. And right. he has played there, but putting him on the inside uh, with his athleticism um, 
to cover sideline to sideline. And, you know, if you're going to put him in coverage and have quarterbacks trying to throw over six, five guy with another, you know, 33 inches on the arm to throw over, it's going to make the middle of the field very difficult. And Pittsburgh hasn't had that, you know, like good coverage linebacker in the middle of the field for a while. And they, they need that. And you uh, look, I mean, I, w- without a doubt, we'll see what happens with Devin Bush this off season. But even if, 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 they were to re-sign Devin Bush. It would be for a minimum value uh, contract. I think uh, uh, you include you along with everybody that listens to this. Uh, most people are inclined to say that Devin Bush is not coming back uh, this offseason. And even if he does, once again, it would be at a minimal salary with no guarantee that he'd be uh, the week one starter. So, uh, uh, you know, and, and uh, another guy that, you know, We'll have to see what happens with this offseason is obviously Miles Jack. He's set to earn $8 million in a base salary in 2023. I think he makes it at the very least past March 15th because really the cupboard is really bare there at the inside linebacker position for the Steelers this offseason. They'll have to figure out what to do with Robert Spillane. They're probably going to re-sign him, but even if they do, you know, you don't have much there at position, so I don't think you'll see uh, by March 15th. I mean, you could cut Miles Jack. Not, there's no rule against it, but man, you really would put yourself in a big hole. And yes, I know Mark Robinson, uh, you know, the arrow is pointing up on him, but you're talking about a kid that was a, you know, one year player at the inside or at the, uh, off the ball linebacker position in college, obviously didn't play a lot of snaps for the Steelers, uh, in, in his rookie season, uh, you know, it, it might take a little bit of time there. So, uh, and it's hard to imagine. I mean, we'll see. I mean, could this team go out and go out and get a a player such as Tremaine Edmonds from the Bills if they allow him to hit free agency? I mean, you never want to say never there, but the, you know, there's a whole supply and demand thing when it comes to free agents, and Edmonds would be at the top of the list of off the ball linebackers. So I, you know, I still stand in the, you know, in the bucket of. And I'll, I'll, I will be very surprised if this team goes out and gets Edmonds during the offseason. But if they do, you know, it obviously would decrease the need of going early in the draft at the inside linebacker position there. But I think we both agree that uh, the inside linebacker position in the Steelers defense is one that they probably need to address at some point during this draft, right? Uh, I think absolutely. Um like you said, you know, it, there's not much there right now. I think Bush is already checked out mentally, so I don't even think he wants to come back. Uh, Jack, it, you know, he's he started off really. I I I thought he was pretty good early in the season. Maybe he got banged up, and and I think he had a, a, an ankle issue or something late in the season, or a groin issue. He couldn't yeah. run very well. Um, but, you know, healthy, I would take him back. And and Spillane, I think the team likes him a lot. But um, yeah, they need more. They're, that's not enough. So um, I think they're, they'll definitely address it at some point. Um, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, I think there's a chance they could get, you know, there's there's going to be a lot of places in the on the defense. They're going to need spot, need players. So um, I think the linebackers definitely want them. All right, what's uh, one game that people want to check out, Sanders? What's one game that that that, that that's a must-watch for him? Oh, good question. Um, Probably any one of them SEC games, right? Alabama, Auburn. Yeah, I, uh, I think uh, I'd probably go toward the later in the season, the LSU-Mississippi. 
Um, you know, he, he, he got a little bit better each game. You know, you could see the processing better. The, uh, you know, there were times early in the season where he might uh, take a, uh, a deep angle on balls to the outside. He got better at that, playing under control. So, uh, yeah, check out LSU in Mississippi. All right, uh, let's see another player. Let's see. I think the second one that you did is a guy that's probably going to be uh, an early, maybe even the first cornerback off the board. I haven't gotten deep into that class that yet, but it and and the good. I think the good news for the Steelers is this this cornerback class this year seems to be pretty pretty deep and with some nice players at the top of it as well too. Uh, uh, the other, you know, and I'm talking about Oregon cornerback Christian Gonzalez. Uh, tell us, uh, give fill us in on uh, Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon. Yeah, another another junior, another young player. I think he's he's only uh, 20 right now. He'll turn 21 in June. Uh, he's listed at 6'2", 201, so he's got very good size. Uh, his his speed, uh, he runs very easy. Like any deep shot that went against him, he didn't look stressed out at all. Uh, he's had two older sisters who are all American in track and field, so I think he's got some of that in his genes. Um, just he. he He's a free mover on the field. He, I, I really liked how he wasn't, you know, the, nothing seemed to phase him all that much. Uh, he's got experience in man and zone coverages. Uh, his best fit is on the outside, but he can play in the slot as well. Uh, I think the third game I watched was against Arizona. And, you know, I'm looking on the outside and go, where is he? And he played pretty much in the slot that entire game. Um, so he's got that. He can do that as well. Uh Playing press, he's very patient with his feet and his jam. He doesn't, you know, overreact to uh, any fakes by the receivers. Um, uh, he, he was in phase on his deep roots, uh, in the pocket of the wide receiver. Again, like I said, nice, easy, easy runner, stress-free. So uh, he doesn't worry about a guy taking him deep with his speed. Uh, he's a good tackler in space. When you put him in one-on-one -on -one situations, he makes he can make the tackle. But he's not someone who's going to go into a pile and help out. He'll let other guys take care of that. And, you know, a lot of cornerbacks do that. They're not really – they don't really jump into the pile that much. So, I mean, that's not that biggest uh, knock on him. Um, and he proved his ball production uh, last year. He had no interceptions going into uh, 2022, but he had uh, four, four interceptions and seven pass breakups. So. Uh, it was nice to see him uh, make that adjustment. He started every game he played in college, all 30. Uh, yeah, I think if you bring in someone like him, there's no uh, pressure. If, if if they resign Sutton and they have um, – who's on the other side, the uh, guy from Buffalo? Oh, Wallace, uh, Levi Wallace, yeah. Yeah, if you have Wallace and Sutton, you can leave them on the outside and put, uh, you know, Gonzalez in the slot early on, or or vice vice versa. You could put Sutton inside and put Gonzalez on the slot. Um, so there wouldn't be pressure to play him, you know, 100 percent of the snaps all the time. Um, he is young; he's still got some growing to do. Um, there was times, uh, there was a few contested catches where I thought he could. I thought he'd make a play and didn't didn't get the ball. He there, there's he needs to add some strength to uh, take on receivers because he can get uh, um, 
muscled around a little bit by the bigger receivers, but uh, you know, there's definitely room for him to add that. And, uh, yeah, he there with him. There's Witherspoon. There's uh, you know, there's a bunch of guys that could go in the first round. So he may go before 17, maybe in that you know, uh, 12 to 15 range. But uh, you know, it all depends on which teams like which cornerback. So uh, he could be there at 17, and and I think you know the Steelers don't have a a recent history of taking those uh, corners, but um, the job Terrell Austin and and the team has done in improving that backfield, making them, you know, they led the league in interceptions this year. I, I'd like to give them the benefit of the doubt that they can uh, take a younger, a uh, young defensive back and, and build him into what they want uh, compared to past, you know, the past decade when people were completely against that. But uh, if you're going to take a chance on a guy, uh, you know, a 20 year old, six two, 200 pound, defensive backs a, a pretty good choice well they definitely like him long and he certainly is long i i, I think initially he's listed at six two probably going to come in about what six one three quarters or you think he's going to come in at every bit of six two i think he'll probably come in the, the uh of all the conferences the pac-12 is usually pretty close with their measurements so i think he'll be right about six two all right and he ought to run like the wind too with that track background of his uh as well too and obviously the Steelers. Oh, let's see. Uh, last time drafted a cornerback in the first round was Artie Burns. And then I think before that, you got to go back a long, long time. Uh, but this is the kind of kid that 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 might very well be off the board at 17, right? It, it's definitely possible. Like I said, you know, it depends on, uh, you know, each team likes different types of corners. And it all depends on uh, on what the teams ahead of them like. Um, so he could be gone, but uh, if he's there at 17, I, he's definitely a consideration. Uh, how would you rate his tacky, tackling willingness on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, on the outside, um, like I said, when he's one-on-one, -on -one, he's absolutely willing. He, he, and he's a good tackler. He wraps up. He, he takes guys down. It's just when, when there's a pile, he doesn't want to get into it. So. Uh, if you want to dock him for the pile, I'd say his willingness is like a, an eight on the outside or maybe eight or nine on the outside and inside is probably closer to like a three. <laughs> okay. Will he come up and uh, kind of lower that shoulder to turn, you know, to, to, to get a play turn inside? Yeah, he will, uh, be the force player if, if need be. Um, I, I'd like to see him do it a little closer to the line of scrimmage. He kind of does it, you know kind of far off, so there's room to run, but he will be that force player, player if needed. All right, pretty, pretty heady guy as far as understanding what he's looking at, you think? Yeah, in, in zone, he was um, I, I, playing like a three deep. He was. I really liked his uh, route awareness, uh, especially stuff coming from the other side of the field. He was, he was very good at picking up anything coming into his area. Um, I think he's got a, the – the head to, to play, um, you know, and, uh, and the, uh, the willingness to, uh, stick to his, his assignment and, and execute it. All right. Uh, let's see. That's got, uh, Sanders and, uh, Gonzalez out of the way. Who's next on your list uh, that people should be looking for when it comes to player profiles you're doing it, uh, Tom. Okay. The, the final one I did was just, uh, JL Skinner, safety from Boise state. He's listed at six foot four, 218 pounds. Goodness. Um, yeah. And so 
trying to find six foot four guys that have been, you know, drafted in recent memory. There's really only two, and that's uh, Jeremy Chin, who's uh, of, of similar size but much more versatile, and Cam Chancellor is the other one, who is a about the same height but a little bit heavier. Um, so those are the guys, you know, to, to compare. He's somewhere in between those two, I think. Um, you know, uh, he, he's got experience playing the split safety. He can play in the box and he occasionally played in the slot, uh, at the NF level, NFL level. I would not want him covering one-on-one -on, -one on the outside, uh, or playing the single high safety. His range is not that good. Um, he's, uh, a, another one who's very good with, uh, the route combinations, um, in, and he played a lot of cover two early, and then on dime situations, he dropped down in the box and play the uh, curl flat or the middle of the field zone areas. Um, he was good in 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 those situations, reading the quarterback and making a play on the ball. Uh, very active communicator. You see him talking pre-snap uh, with everybody constantly. Runs to the ball. Uh, physical tackler for for his size. He's very He's very lean, especially below the waist. He's a, got very thin legs, but not afraid inside or outside to come up and 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 tackle the ball carrier. Uh, and he, for his size, he does a nice job of getting low too and getting under them so he can make the tackle. Um, he's another one when they put him on the edge, he'll force the ball inside if if needed. Um, like I said, on the negative side, I want to want him at high safety, at the single high safety or in, in pass coverage. If he's in man coverage, he's a little, uh, a little clunky with his um, change of direction and movement. Um, and his speed is more of a buildup. So he doesn't have that great acceleration, but I think he's going to, his speed number should be pretty good though. He, he can get, once he gets going, uh, he was able to run down guys pretty well. Um, where do you, where do you, uh, what, what's your, what's your kind of early, early look at him as far as potential where, where he might slot, uh, round wise. Round wise, I think, uh, probably, uh, a third rounder, I would say, um, he may, I, I was debating between third and fourth and I went with a third round. He may slip a little just because he's probably, you know, you only want to, uh, play him in a zone heavy uh, defense and uh, you know, he's best as a box safety. Okay. So he may have a more of a limited role, but um, you know, the getting a big safety like that to make the, you know, again, another guy that's hard to throw over um, and he's willing to make tackles. I think he'd fit in a box, you know, and Terrell Edmonds is not a, a definite. So they, they're going to be looking for someone like that. If Terrell Edmonds signs elsewhere, uh, I don't know if Skinner is uh, as flexible enough as the team, as, as the team likes to do, use their safeties, you know, but um, he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. All right. And it'd be interesting to see uh, that, you know, they've got obviously two, two safeties in, uh, in, in Edmonds and DeMonte Casey, both scheduled to be uh, unrestricted free agents. Without a doubt, you would try to re-sign <coughs> both of, both of those two if you could, wouldn't you? Absolutely, they both behind my list. I think uh, Casey gives them uh, 
the the ability to move Minka around more. They can play KZ uh, deep and and move Minka around, which I think is a huge benefit to the defense. And I know uh, Edmonds is a, a a kind of a hot button for some of the fans, but I I think the past two years he's played really well. Uh, especially he's made more plays, you know, uh, as a blitzer. He's made more plays uh, on the ball in the air, and I think he's just I think he's played really well, especially uh, closer to the box. Um, so I think uh, I think those two will be very high on the re-sign list. Yeah, look, I was, uh, and I've said this several times, I, I was real excited starting around preseason time about Casey, uh, especially when it came to his tackling and was really looking forward how they might be able to use him. And obviously he got hurt during the preseason. He had to wait half a season to get him on the field. But once he did, uh, you know, uh, obviously he his, his return coincided with uh, T.J. Watts. Uh, but that, that defense really took off. It seemed at that point, obviously the quality of competition, uh, you know, the teams that they played in the second half needs to be factored in and all like that. And, you know, I'm with you on Edmonds as well too. Edmonds is never going to be that flashy, um, guy, but I think just, you know, at least incrementally throughout, you know, since he was drafted, he's made some slight improvements. It's more of kind of, I guess the devil that, you know, uh, uh, with him until you can get that next starting strong safety, young, strong safety in the building. But uh, uh, if, if this team probably does draft a safety at all this year, you would think it would be more of the strong safety type, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it, it, again, like if they it could sign either one of those guys, if they sign Casey, that gives them more flexibility, but they're going to need that guy down inside. So uh, I, I think the, um, you know, the box safety, the, the 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 big tackler guy, I think, is what they'd be looking for. All right. Uh, let's move along into, you know, got, got the Shrine Bowl going out, uh, going on right now in Vegas and all. And, uh, I, I, you know, we've been able to pass, uh, you know, quite a bit of the you're you're obviously not out here in Vegas, but, you know, we've been able to pass along quite a bit of the uh, the uh, all 22 practice film along to you. And you've you've done some scouting ahead of it as well, too. Uh, I think a couple of years ago, you were the guy that, uh, initially turned all of us on, you know, on Steeders Depot on Alex Highsmith and, uh, man, what, what a find that has become. So why don't you just kind of roll down the, 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 the guys, you know, that are participating, uh, in the East West Shrine Bowl this year that have your attention that you think kind of fit, you know, what, what the Steeders look for. Okay. Uh, there's, uh, I'm going to start with the interior offensive line because I think there's a lot of prospects uh, in in Vegas this weekend that have shown some some ability. I think there's some good ones out there. Um, on the east side, uh, there were two guys. Uh, the first one is Alex Polcheski from Illinois. Uh, he's a, a sixth year senior. Uh, Played right tackle mostly, has played left guard and right guard. He was a Sporting News All-American, was uh, a second or third team All-American on five other pub publications. Uh, because he's been there six years, he has 65 starts in his career. Wow. Uh, yeah. And uh, this year, at, uh, before the bowl game, he had 668 pass block snaps at right tackle without allowing a, uh, a sack. Um, 
he uh you know he plays with good pad level and balance and uh he showed good timing on the combo in the combo blocks in the uh in the team portion um you know i like the versatility of being able to play inside and right tackle uh steelers like their uh linemen have uh, experience and you can't get more than 65 starts uh, yes, he's an older player. It's with you know in his sixth year, but you're going to have a lot of those six-year guys, you know, because of the COVID year. Um, he uh, he was one of the guys on the East that caught my eye, along with uh, Chandler Zavala from NC State. Uh, another he played left guard, uh, six foot three and a half, two, 322 pounds, and 33-inch arms with uh, 10 and three-eighths hands. Those are some lobster crackers right there. Yeah, yeah, and and it showed in in the in the in the practices. Uh, he played two years at NC State uh, after transferring from Fairmont State. He had a back injury that uh, needed minor surgery in 2021. Um, he looked solid. He looked very like consistent, solid in pass pro, strong hands. He would lock on the guys. He was able to mirror and sustain. I didn't know a lot about him going into this, but, uh, you know, I think he's some, someone definitely worth, uh, a look, uh, a deeper look. Uh, he's, he's another sixth year guy. Cause I think he had a, uh, I think he missed 2020 as well with a knee injury. So, um, you know, that's something that needs to be taken into, uh, into account as well. Um, on the West side, there were, uh, again, more, more of these guys. Ricky Stromberg from Arkansas is a, a player that our team out there has mentioned several times. Yeah, I've watched a little bit of him already. He's one that uh, uh, that I've watched a little bit on here. Yeah, four-year starter, uh, three of them at center, and one at uh, he played nine games at right guard and two at left guard, so he's got uh, flexibility as well. Uh, I, I know, mostly, look, I, the, the, what I've seen mostly of him, I think, was uh, was his center snaps. Is 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 that going to be a, that? That's his primary position, though, and best position, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, um, yeah. Three years started there at center, and that's where he. Uh, I don't, I don't even know if they used him in practice at guard. So I think he's, yeah, he's definitely a center. Um, but, you know, he looks solid against any competition that was, uh, thrown against him. He positions himself well. He's able to sustain his blocks. I like his feet to mirror. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't think the, the position, the center or the guard positions may be, uh, the highest need. I think the team liked what they saw at the end of last year, but depth is definitely something going, they're going to need going forward. Um, Antonio Maffi from UCLA, another one that uh, our team has mentioned out there. He's listed at six oh six foot two and three quarters, uh, three hundred thirty eight pounds. Uh, I'd like to see him drop about ten to fifteen. He looks a little sloppy around the middle, but um, another guy balanced, played with pad level, uh, didn't really struggle against anybody that uh, I saw out there. Um, I think he only had 16 starts in college, though, so uh, he's a little less uh, on the experience side. And uh, one more here. Well, yeah, maybe the biggest uh, surprise is a guy named Mark Evans out of Arkansas Pine Bluff. Mm. Um, he is, he played left tackle at Arkansas Pine Bluff, was a four-time first-team All-Southwest Athletic Conference he uh, was a, the Willie Rofe Award winner, which is for the top 
uh, high school offensive lineman in Arkansas. Um, he was the Phil Steele FCS Offensive Lineman of the Year. Uh, they've uh, he plays he uh, in the practices they've used him at center and guard. Um, he's shown uh, uh, good grip strength. Um, he's got the mobility to climb to the second level. Uh, uh, shows good recovery. Uh, he was a left-handed snapper at center, so that's that was interesting. Um, you don't see a lot of those. No, uh, you don't. But he, he's uh, a little undersized too, isn't he? Uh, let's see, Evans. Evans what is he uh, like? Six foot two and a quarter, I think, at at, at yeah. the shrine, two ninety three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a little undersized. He could probably add some weight, but the arm length is pretty good, and the hand size again, ten and a quarter. Yeah. Um, I think uh, you know. Coming from a Arkansas Pine Bluff is probably a lower level, but he's got some uh, ability there that was uh, fun to see. So those are the uh, inside uh, interior offensive linemen. Um, another guy that really impressed uh, was uh, defensive back Terrell Smith from Minnesota. Yeah, I watched uh, a little bit of him. That's a feisty little dude right there. Yeah, six foot, half inch, 207, 32 and three quarter inch arms. Uh, he was a four time academic All American. He was the uh, Georgia State 100 meter champ as a sophomore in high school, was the 200 meter champ as a junior in high school. His best time was a 10.32 meters. That's pretty fast. Mm -hmm. And at his size, um, he, I, I think uh, I counted at least four pass breakups on plays in the, in the team and one-on-one uh, situation. Uh, you know, I, I think his tape too. A lot of, uh, I, I can't remember specifically which game I watched, but a lot of uh, uh, breaks on the ball real well and, and contested quite a few. Yeah, uh, I think uh, this guy is definitely worth looking at. Um, I, I, he was not on my radar at all, but, uh, after reading about him and watching him play, I think there's, uh, you know, definitely something to, to take a look at. All right. Uh, what else you got on your list of, uh, shrine bowl guys? Uh, how about, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, the quarterback from UCLA. Um, I, we had, uh, information that he had been, uh, I think in contact with the team. Uh, he looked, um, I liked his, uh, his arm. He, he threw the ball better than I thought he was. He was placing it pretty well. Uh, he moves pretty effortlessly, you know, that double, uh, double threat quarterback, not someone you'd need right away. And he's probably going to be a late round pick anyway. But, uh, if you could bring him in as the third quarterback and let him learn and, you know, have, uh, you know, that athletic back up down the road um it it's someone definitely to keep uh you know an eye on um at the receiver position there were a few guys uh on each team a couple guys in each team that caught my eye because of the, the ability to separate and um that's something i hold highly when it comes to receivers, because if you can't get open, it's a lot harder to catch the ball. Um, on the East roster, uh, Jadon Hasselwood from Arkansas, 
He's listed at six, two and a quarter, two thirteen. Um, he started his career at Oklahoma and then switched, uh, transferred to Arkansas for his last season. He had a drop on day one, but uh, looked much better uh, after that. He gets separation easily. I like his quickness at the snap. Um, I didn't. He didn't look that big to me on tape, but I like the size uh, from him, and uh, I think he could be e- either a slot or an ins- or an outside option. Uh, Jalen Cropper from Fresno State is another one. I, I think he was open on every route he ran. Uh, he was able to separate. He was able to stack the uh, defensive back on a fade route. His his routes were all very nice. Uh, to create separation. Um, there's definitely some, some skill there. He's more, uh, is, is he more of a slot guy or was, was, uh, was he kind of an X or what? Uh, proper was in, in practice. I haven't watched really the game film yet. I just went off the practice stuff and, um, I'm not sure where he'd fit. Let, let me look at his size. He, he's a little undersized at 171, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So he'd definitely be a slot guy. Uh, yeah. 5'11", 171. He'd definitely be a slot guy. Uh, as well as these next two, um, Demario Douglas from Liberty. He's uh, really small, just a hair under 5'8", 175. He had 172 catches in college and almost 2,200 yards. Um, He's he showed some juice. They ran a reverse with him. He uh, had a nice whip route. Again, another guy that separated consistently uh, from the slot option. And the uh, final one was Dallas Daniels from Jackson State. He had he had to secure this route. He went from Arizona to Community College to Northeast Oklahoma to Western Illinois and ended up in Jackson State. Uh, he had uh, 63 catches last year, 692 yards, and six touchdowns. Uh, again, the sep- ability to separate quickness, made a nice catch on a back shoulder throw. Um, not names that were really on my radar, but uh, are definitely, uh, you know, that's the, the Steelers need a slot receiver, someone who's going to be able to produce because they got nothing out of that for pretty much the entire year. So, um, I don't know if that's going to come from the draft or from a, a free agent signing, but th- I think there's going to need to add someone there. And obviously Zay Flowers is a guy that's uh, garnering a lot of attention, probably going to be uh, the player at this year's Shrine, the highest drafted player at this year's Shrine Bowl. Uh, some people even have him, I think, uh, going first round. Uh, but uh, you would think somewhere within those first two two uh, two rounds, a guy like Zay Flowers is going to come off the board. So uh, uh, and and you know Boston College pro- prospect or, or, or product, and uh, Mike Tomlin has spent a little bit of time around Boston College uh, last couple of years there. Uh, if this team does go wide receiver, uh, you know, let's say first four rounds of the draft, would would you expect it to be more of a slot guy or a big slot guy? Uh, they obviously have Calvin Austin coming back, uh, didn't play his rookie season due to a foot injury. To me, it kind of feels like if you think that you've got something there in Calvin Austin, maybe you go with a, a, a little bit of a bigger slot guy and maybe even somebody that's got a little bit of a, you know, a versatility to him positionally as well, too. Absolutely, because uh, if they don't have much in the slot behind uh, Pickens and Johnson, you don't have much either. So they're going to need someone 
who could fill that role if, you know, unfortunately one of those guys ever got injured. So if someone that has the versatility to play outside, um, has a little bit more size, but can kick into the slot as well. Uh, I think that's the route. I don't think they're going to specifically look for a, like a small Z slot or right, neck, right. Yeah. Or, or, or yeah. a small slot. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be more of a, you know, an X that can play the slot as well. You know, one of those guys, and I, and, and, and the only reason I know about him is because the Steelers did, you know, another guy that, that, uh, our guys in Las Vegas, uh, talked to. And, uh, he said, you know, which all these guys end up talking to all the teams anyway, I think, but, uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton out of West Virginia, uh, six foot three and a half, 222 pounds, uh, 33 and five eighths inch arms, uh, overall. And you, you, you turn on the tape on him. And I think predominantly, uh, I think I watched the pit game and I forget which other, other one I watched on him, but, uh, I think he was primarily used at West Virginia as an X receiver, but in digging a little bit deeper, I think, I don't know, probably 25 to around 25 targets or so for his college career out of the slot. Uh, he just, he's got that feel to kind of the, one of those later round uh, big slot candidates. Do you, have you watched any uh, maybe outside of maybe uh, the pit game is what he's all, I, I think pretty much known for at least what, what most people recognize him for. Yeah. I haven't really watched uh, a lot of him or, or, other than the practices this week, but his size is very intriguing. I mean, his wingspan is almost seven feet. It's with the 33 and, you know, uh, 33, five, five eights. Yeah. He's got a wingspan. That's monstrous. (laughs) He can scratch. He he can scratch his back without issue. I don't think. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. He's, uh, we've heard good things out of the the, the team out there and uh, he's going to be worth a look. You 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 view this wide receiver class as, as as pretty deep overall. It feels like it is. I think so. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's too many real standouts in it, um, but I think there's a, a lot of depth there. Uh, uh, Dontavian Wicks is a name that comes to mind from Virginia. Um, there's there's I think there's going to be guys that that can be had in the you know third, fourth, fifth round. What about the defensive line uh, and 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 edge? That that fits the Steelers. I, a, a guy that I've watched a little bit before the uh, before they got started out in Vegas is that uh, PJ Mustafer out of Penn State, uh, six foot three uh, and three quarters, three hundred fifteen pounds. Uh, more of a more of a uh, more of a run stuffer, I think, than 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 a pass guy. And I don't think he, at least from what I've seen on him, he doesn't project as a guy that that could play that you know, at least not initially that, 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 uh, that three I or the, or maybe the four I or the three tech along those lines feels like if he came in as a, as a late round guy, he would be more of a zero or one technique, uh, in, in you know, in a three man front there, he's one guy. And then I think the Texas kid is the other one that's turning some heads there. Yeah. Uh, Mustafer, you know, he's a two-time captain. Uh, he had 28 starts. He only had three sacks. So he doesn't really produce as, on the pass rush side, but he's really strong and is a solid player inside. Like he, he plays with a, a little bit of an edge too. Uh, he got into a little scuffle with one of the players. Um, I think he would definitely fit, like you said, in that zero one tech spot uh, nicely. And the Texas guy was 
Uh, Keandre Coburn, all right, six foot one and an eighth, three forty four. Yeah, true, true plugger there. True plugger there. Yeah, I think Josh was was raving about him, saying how he's just eating up blockers. Uh, he didn't show. Neither of the Texas guys showed much in the, as a pass rusher, him or Moro Ojomo. But uh, as a, as a run defender, he he fits that mold of a you know a Casey Hampton clogging up the middle. Another former Texas guy. Yeah, and and uh, you think there's a good chance that this team look? This team needs some defensive line help, right? And really, they could use a a uh, three tech, four eye tech, and potentially a a plugger in the middle as well too. Uh, if they have enough picks to kind of throw at it this year's draft. I mean, uh, you look at the, the the Steelers defensive line overall and the guy, you know, you're going to probably lose Alu-Alu this offseason to retirement. Uh, what is, the, we're still trying to figure out what, who is the Marvin Leal? What's, what's, what's the plan going to be for him uh, moving forward, forward? You got Wormley coming off of uh, a knee injury. What's going to happen with Larry Joby? Will he be back? Uh, I mean, if you don't bring back Ogan Joby and you got a guy like Wormley that's going to, you know, uh, potentially be sidelined to start the season, who is, you know, is Loudermilk just a backup guy or can that guy finally take that next step and be, you know, uh, kind of the compliment to to uh, to Cam Hayward over there? It just it, it and you know we'll see if this team goes the uh, free agent route or, it just, again, but uh, it it really feels like they've got to throw at least one. Uh, pick of their first really their first three picks at defensive line doesn't it uh, i 100 percent agree this team uh under colbert had a history of drafting uh defensive linemen pretty much every year but in the sixth or seventh round they need to invest on something earlier because like you said there's there's the possibility of several holes and and there's there's the two young players we don't know what they have in those yet so um there needs to be a significant investment. Um, one of the guys, uh, Dante Stills from West Virginia, uh, he had the he has the look of that uh, that five tech, but he he's six uh, six three and a half. He's listed at two eighty nine, but he only had thirty two and an eighth inch arms. I wish he he was a little bit longer because he was very active and very. Uh, he showed some decent pass rush moves. Um, I, I I don't know if he would fit the the size requirements they usually look for, but I, he showed out pretty well so far in the practices. Uh, let's see. What about edge guys? Edge guys, there's an an interesting group uh, of especially like uh, smaller school guys, young guys we haven't heard a whole lot of. Uh, the first guy that caught my eye when this roster came out was uh, Viliyama Fajoko from San Jose State. I don't think he's been practicing. I uh, I didn't uh, I didn't see him out there, but he's uh, six three and five ace, two sixty seven. He played inside some and on the edge some for San Jose State. He was the Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, he had, uh, has twenty three career sacks. And his cousin is Vita Vea, so I like those genes. Uh, but watching a little bit of him uh, in on the game film, uh, he's very active, strong hands, uh, good motor. One of those guys that's just at the point of attack is hard to block because he's constantly moving. Um, there's uh, O'Shawn Mathis from Nebraska, six foot four and a half, two forty seven, with uh, almost thirty five inch arms. 
Uh, he transferred from TCU. And I read that at TCU, they were using him, uh, I guess, more inside than on the edge. So there's still uh, there's still some meat on the bone there to see from him. But, um, but in the practices, he knocked down a pass. He showed uh, strength and pad level, setting the edge. Um, for for 247, he looked a lot stronger than than his size. Um, but Jose, I want to dive. I've only seen really the sack reel on uh, Jose Ramirez out of Eastern Michigan. Uh, he's one of those squattier uh, uh, edge guys, uh, uh, six foot one and what seven eights, uh, two hundred and forty nine. So he's got more of that kind of that. Uh, uh, I, I don't want to, he's not built like James Harrison. I tell you who, who I tell you who, when, when looking at the practice of uh, film on him, who immediately, uh, jumped in my mind, uh, is the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the Carl Lawson. Uh, uh-huh. okay. Yeah. Uh, cause he's, he, he's got a long, he uses all, he, 33 and a quarter inch arms and boy, he knows how to use them. Uh, he's got some good speed to power there. Once again, six foot one and seven eights, 249 pounds, uh, overall. But I think he, I think I read somewhere he let, didn't he lead the nation in sacks last year or somewhere along in there. And, yeah. uh, yeah. uh, you know, once again, him being, him being undersized at that six, six, you know, not even six, two, you know, that's going to all, all those squattier edges get pushed down anyway. So we're probably talking about, I don't know, round five or later type of guy overall, but the production will be hard to ignore. And the Steelers, you know, probably wouldn't shy away from a little bit squattier guy like that uh, uh, later on in the draft, especially if you can play some special teams, but that's one guy, any other edges to, 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 to add to the list here? Well, just on Jose Ramirez, I had two comments uh, uh, that I wrote down on him. One, it's aggressive, and two, keeps coming. He there, there was he was constant. There was no like getting hung up on a this move. Like if that didn't work, he'd move to something else. If that didn't work, he'd move to something else. He was constantly making an effort to to get to the ball. So uh, I think I think you're definitely right that he should be on the radar in that uh, day three range. So. Um, a couple other guys that caught my eye, uh, uh, Brenton Cox, the guy from Florida, he was dismissed from the team, which may take him off the board, but right. six, six, three, 254 with 33 and a quarter inch arms. Uh, showed a nice inside spin and a club spin on the edge. Uh, Titus Leo from Wagner college, six, three and three ace, two thirty-five, thirty-three and six ace inch arms. Um, so more length than you'd expect from him. Uh, he showed a, a nice bull rush, uh, a good upfield burst, uh, his, a good punch with his hands. Um, once he gets to the corner, he's got to turn a little quicker. He was getting too deep on some of his pass rushes, but um, there's definitely uh, something to work with there. And, uh, of course, you have to mention uh, Habib Baldonado from right. Pittsburgh. Um, you know, Another guy with good size, six three and three quarter, two fifty seven, uh, thirty three and a, uh, eighth inch arms, or, or yeah, and ten and a quarter inch hands. Uh, he was in the backfield constantly in the team portion. Uh, didn't matter which tackle he was going against, he was getting back there. Uh, he showed solid turn on the corner. He used a long arm. Uh, his hands were active. Um, obviously, you know, being in the building, that's I'm sure they already have an eye on him, but. 
there's there was definitely a you know a handful of guys that, that caught my attention and and definitely uh, you know again they don't need starters there right it's just that depth right. position but um uh there's really nothing behind the starter so there's there's going to be some kind of add there uh, and i don't think it'll be too early in the draft but i you know there, there's some names here that will show up later in the draft that will will be productive uh what do you i i know nothing about truman jones other than his bio out of harvard what do you know anything about about truman jones uh, d- just the, uh, basically the same thing in practice. Uh, he looks, uh, he's a little thin below the waist. Um, he showed a nice speed to bull rush. Uh, and, but, uh, when he's rushing on the edge, he's got very choppy steps. Uh, so he's not getting that depth right away that you'd want to see from a, an, an edge rusher. So, I mean, that's definitely something they can work on. Um, but, uh, I mean, the, the body type was a little thin below the waist, but, uh, I mean, you can never have enough pass rushers. So if it, even if it's someone you 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 grab later with a UDFA, I think uh, you know some, he'll somebody will grab him. All right. Uh, what's the hardest part about this early process? Uh, I think the hardest part um, is getting too excited about the first guys you watch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because this is that part of the this is the part of the year i love i love getting into these guys i love digging and watching the tape but those first couple guys always you know grab your heart and you're like yep those are my guys and you're afraid later down the road to put someone ahead of them or compare them to those guys so uh trying to be as unbiased as you can throughout the whole process uh is is huge but especially early on because you know I'm sure I'm going to end up loving uh, uh, Drew Sanders pretty much the entire process, but yeah, I think that's that's an issue that I deal with. What what and and just real what was the main thing that it that that right out of the shoot that that had to be the first guy? Uh, uh, Just the size, the measurables. Yeah, that athletic size and the versatility of being able to rush off the edge. Uh, That's uh, yeah. A defensive corner is going to say, "Give me that. That's a, that's a ball of clay. I'm going to be able to put him, you know, off the ball. I'm going to be able to put him on the edge. I'm going to have him um, mugging up the a gap and blitzing there. Uh, there's there's just so many possibilities you could do, especially with someone with that kind of athleticism. So uh, yeah, that excites me. All right, uh, as we sit here uh, in late January, and obviously free agencies yet to go, and you know a lot of things can obviously change as we as we uh, start inching forward to the draft based on what you know about the Steelers as they sit right now, where's your head about positionally, which way this team should go. Let's say the first three or four picks that they have in this draft. Uh, you know, this is good. This is an interesting year with Omar Khan at the helm. Now um, I I'm hoping I should say that things will be a little bit different uh, because they never pick the guys I like, but <laughs> um, you know, I can't, I all, can't. All, don't feel bad. All mine end up on the Ravens. That's what I'm, mine, yes. <laughs> um, uh, I'm not, I'm not, you know, crapping on who they pick cause they do an excellent job. But uh, so I think, you know, I, even though defense was the stronger side of the ball this year, I think, two of the first three picks will be defense, uh, whether that's linebacker, D 
defensive back or defensive line, I think two of those three will two of the top three picks will come from that group. Now, if uh, one of those picks will probably be on the offensive side of the ball, I think most fans are going to want a tackle or a guard, but the Steelers like to draft a receiver in that second, third round area. And I don't know if that will change because of the success they've had. So I would not be surprised to see a receiver in uh, either of those two picks in the second round or the third round. Um, so, well, that's, that's only three of the four picks. So, uh, I think, I think it'll be defensive heavy early on in the draft. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on, on offensive line? The most, the biggest priority positionally. Uh, like I said earlier, I think the team is going to be fairly happy with how that second half of the season went. Um, you know, I, I, they ran the ball much better. Uh, I think in the numbers I did for our charting, of the seven directions they can run the ball, five of the seven directions, the numbers went up. So especially on the left side, which is behind Dan Moore and Kevin Dotson, the two most um, talked about offensive linemen on the team. So if you're going to replace anyone, I think Kevin Dotson is the guy. Uh, I think they like Dan Moore. I think they like his progression. I think they like him as a run blocker. Do they wish he was a better pass blocker and committed fewer penalties? Absolutely. But, you know, all these guys are young. And the Steelers are famous for showing uh, respect and uh, giving these guys a chance to improve. They're not going to give up on anybody early. I mean, Jalen Samuels made it four years on the team and <laughs> he was terrible. Um, so I think if it's anywhere, I think it's going to be the left guard spot. Uh, but they they're de they definitely want to add depth back there, I think, as well. I, I agree. And I, I know a lot of fans are, you know, and listeners are clamoring, man, they got to get a got to get another left tackle early or they got to get a left guard early. And uh, personally, from where I sit, right, I'd like to see him go defensive line early. But uh, mm -hmm. uh, 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 I could see because of the depth issues, because look, Ken Kendrick Green, Kendrick Green's just not going to cut it. Uh, not even, I don't think, as a backup there. Uh, the tackle, they have, you know, they, they were fortunate that he stayed healthy and didn't have to dig into the tackle depth. So they obviously need to need to do something there, uh, on, you know, as, as well. Uh, let, let me end you with this. True or false? The Steelers week one, barring injury, the Steelers week one starting offensive line five will be the same five that ended the uh, 2022 season? <laughs> That's a good question. I am going to, I'm going with true. I don't like, I don't think they're going to make uh, any substantial changes. If they bring in a new offensive lineman, he's going to have to dazzle right away to, to get them to start him right away. So uh, I'm going to go with true. Uh, that's where I'm at right now. Now the, the draft could obviously change my change my answer on that, but uh, uh, especially if they take you know guard in one of those or you know guard one of those first two picks or something like that. Tom, look, uh, always a pleasure. Uh, you you've been you know part of this fold for quite a while. Uh, like I said, three or four times a year you sit in on these things. We'll have you on. Uh, probably start you know. Pr 
you know, so many more of these round tables after these guys get back from the senior bowl, that'll give you time to start catching up on some more film. And, uh, you know, as always this time of year, man, and we, we certainly appreciate you, you sitting in when, uh, when Alex is out of town and all like that. So, uh, Tom with that, uh, appreciate your time and uh, appreciate you sitting in on, uh, this episode of the terrible podcast. Appreciate you, brother. It's always a good time talking football, and uh, I love the opportunity that you've given me, and uh, the team you've built is fantastic, and the work that everybody is doing. Um, so uh, all you listeners, make sure you follow every single one of them because we got a lot of information coming your way. I appreciate you too, brother Tom. And you can follow Tom on Twitter at T T H Mead. Three. He's easy to find here. Just enter that in uh, uh, if you're not already following him, and you should be able to follow him uh, uh, fairly easy there. And once again, we'll be having him on uh, some of these roundtable podcasts that we're uh, that, that that we'll be doing. So uh, with that, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Steeders Depot. Follow uh, the site at. Uh, let's see at Steeders Depot. Uh, follow Alex on Twitter at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show dot Terrible Podcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate to the cause, Steeders Depot.com. Hit the donate button. Also, have an ad free version of the site as well by going to Steeders Depot.com. Hit the uh, uh, ad free button. We have a link up there in the uh, bar to all the draft profiles. We'll start trying to get those organized a little bit better for you on the site as well, too. So uh, until Wednesday, as always, thanks for listening to the Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex and today, Tom Mead. 